for our call to worship this morning. In your Bibles, flip them to Psalms 37, Psalms 37, verse 29 through 40. Psalms 37, verse 29 through 40. This is a wisdom psalm as we've discussed four times now. The psalm that is, was done with the Hebrew alphabet. It was a way by which for men to memorize and women to memorize the psalm. It was a psalm it's a psalm whereby those that are found in Christ, since they are in Christ, walk according to its statutes. It's a plain psalm. It's not a psalm that really needs much expounding because it, pretty, it sets forth truly what God means with what it says. It's pretty interesting to me in our age and in our time how men are very confused with there's two ways for men to live, one as a fool in folly or one as a righteous man in wisdom. There is no other way. There, there's two kingdoms. The kingdom of the God of this age and the kingdom of God. The kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light and the kingdom of His dear Son. There are two ways. One leads to absolute destruction for all of eternity. Of eternities having the righteous indignation of God poured out upon the wicked. But the hope of the blessed, the great desire for them and the great hope for them is that eternity is for all of eternity. We will not be out of His presence. But the hopelessness of the wicked for their eternal demise and their horror of it is that it is for all of eternity. These things should be spoke with a quivering lip when we think upon our age, we think upon the millions, billions in this world. And they're walking after their own ways and not caring what Christ has said, not caring that the Bible points to Christ. From Moses through the prophets, it all speaks of Him. Let's read. We'll start in verse 29. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, and his tongue speaks justice. The law of his God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. The wicked watches for the righteous and seeks to put him to death. The Lord will not abandon him to his power. Or let him be condemned when he is brought to trial. Wait for the Lord and keep his way. And he will exalt you to inherit the land. You will look on when the wicked are cut off. I have seen a wicked, ruthless man spreading himself like a green laurel tree. But he passed away. And behold, 
he was no more. Though I sought him, he could not be found. Mark the blameless, and behold the upright, for there is a future for the man of peace. But transgressors shall be altogether destroyed. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their stronghold in the time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. As in all other parts of this psalm, we see in this part, in this ending up of this psalm, we see David in all of his wisdom shown forth. He's shown forth that the righteous and the wicked, there are two ways. We see that the mouth of the righteous in the 30, we see the mouth of the righteous utters wisdom in the 30th verse. We see he speaks of justice and the law of God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. But I wanna, what I want to first go through is the way of the wicked. Then I'm going to go back through this psalm and see the way of the righteous. And the wicked, in verse 32, it says, The wicked watches for the righteous. The Lord, the Lord will not abandon him to his power or let him be condemned when he is brought to trial. Verse 35, it says, I have seen a wicked and ruthless man spreading himself like a green laurel tree, but he passeth away. And behold, he was no more. Though I saw him, he could not be found. And then in verse 38, But transgressors shall be altogether destroyed. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. Before I came this morning, I had the meditation and the thought to bring in a flower that was cut off. To bring a flower and put it before the children so they had an image in their mind. But I figure we can all think of the image of a flower cut off. The flower that is cut off is not alive. Though it shows forth that it has life, though it shows forth even beauty and comeliness, what you desire, it is dead. It is dead as soon as it's cut off from the source by which it is nutrients. The very same sun that brings it forth is the same sun that puts it to death. Such is the way of the wicked. It says in Isaiah 40, the way of men is the grass and the flower is the goodliness thereof. The grass withereth, man. The flower fadeth away, man, the goodliness. But the word of the Lord endures forever. This word of the transgressor, this word of the wicked, is truth. It's truth from the beginning to the end. What God disposes of man in their radical depravity is truth. Men are not born innocent, but born guilty. They are born as sons of Adam. They are born as transgressors of the law because they will transgress themselves, but they are found in the seed of Adam. In Adam, we all fell. But it says, the wicked watches for the righteous. That word watches is perfect present tense. In the old authorized version, it says watcheth. To show forth that the, the person, that the wicked, what they do is they perfect, every single time they look for a reason of the righteous. They look for a reason to doubt us. They look for a reason to scorn the righteous. They have their eyes, it look, it's a showing forth of their eyes fastened upon us. To see a reason they can blaspheme our God. They look for a reason. 
Our lives are meant to be a living and holy sacrifice. But the thing is, the wicked watches. They look at the righteous. They look for a point in a time whereby they can say, you're the reason why I do not walk with the Lord. And it says, he and seeks to put him to death. That word again in the authorized version is seeketh to put him to death. It's not that they once did in one generation. But it is in all, every single generation, from the beginning, Cain and his own brother, Abel, the first generation of the earth after Adam and Eve, the very sons that were brought forth by our Fathers, by our Father, when we were first brought into this world, he sought to put his brother to death. Why? Why did Cain seek to put Abel to death? Because Abel was righteous. Cain thought God deserved what he wanted to give God. Not what God rightly had claimed to be his. Abel gave his first fruits. Cain gave that which he thought was good. And God ruled Abel's offering right. God ruled Cain's offering as sin. His was in disobedience. The Lord loves obedience rather than sacrifice. He loves for a man to obey his word rather than give him lip service. He loves for man to walk in the way of the Lord, having the fruits of the Spirit. Walking in truth rather than have all the glory of religion, yet not walk in obedience. But it says that he, the wicked watches. Think about the author of this psalm. It was David. We've talked of Cain and Abel. Now, we, now David is speaking as a man who is wise in his old age. And we think of Saul. Who seeked to murder David. Who seeked to kill David. He sought every ambition. And the reason was... Envy. David has killed his ten thousands. Saul has killed his thousands. Envy. What a pit of utter destruction when we envy anyone. Our brothers and sisters. In Christ, we ought to praise God for the glory of his grace that he shed abroad to brothers. But sometimes the seed of envy inside of us pricks and moves. Oh, that we would slay envy as Samuel slew Agag. And how about Haman, that wicked usurper of righteousness? who tried to kill the Jews, the people of God, the seed, the promised seed. And God saw it. And what does it say in the next one? 
The Lord will not abandon him into his power or let him be condemned though he be brought to trial. This is not every time as Cain was slew by his own brother. But what David saw as a whole, as a man that walked upright with the Lord, that the salvation of the Lord was very present. The salvation of the Lord in his own life was always there. The salvation of the Lord was in every circumstance of his life. The salvation of the Lord was even there when he transgressed God's law and slew Uriah and had adulterous uh, things with Bathsheba. Nathan came to him and allowed him repentance. He saw that the salvation was there in God. The Lord will not abandon him to his power. The Lord does not abandon his people to the power of the wicked. We see this in our time that the wicked seeks to ruin our name, seeks to put us to death by ruining our name, our testimony, our witness, and they watched intently to cast doubt. But it says in verse 33, the Lord will not abandon him to his power or let him be condemned when he's brought to trial. As I said, I believe last week, eternity is the great justifier of God. Eternity is that which God will show forth all that he's done in his people. And God's judgment will be final. God's judgment will vindicate both himself and the wicked. Vindicate himself and the righteous, sorry. Through man's inability, when David was being sought out by Saul... God manifests him his power to save the righteous. In verse 35, I says, I have seen a wicked, ruthless man spreading himself like a green laurel tree. But he passed away, and behold, he was no more. Though I saw him, he could not be found. From this, I believe David is recollecting the time in the wilderness when he was fleeing from Saul. And he cared for and sought after Nabal's things, sought after his sheep, took care of all his shepherds, did not take one thing away from him. Yet he sent his ten men to go to Nabal, and Nabal said, Who is David? He said, I have seen a wicked and ruthless man, Nabal, spreading himself as if his prosperity was going to be that which would lead him to eternity. His riches were his refuge. His riches were his salvation. Nabal was a man I'm sure esteemed by many. He had the praises of men that were not his servants had cheers, honor, respect because he was powerful. But what happened to Nabal? Verse 36, he passed away, and behold, he was no more. Though I sought him, he could not be found. Verse 38, but transgressors shall be altogether destroyed. 
The future of the wicked shall be cut off. The plainness of the speech of verse 38 and the simplicity of that verse, when God is very intentional and short, it means it's sure. When he says cut off, it's sure. When he comes, when the Lord, by the Holy Spirit, inspiring David to write this psalm, when he wrote it down, he's saying, the transgressors shall be destroyed. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. But let's not stay there. Let's go to the way of the righteous. The way of wisdom. The way by which we ought to live who are found in Christ. The mouth, if you go to verse 3, the mouth of the righteous utters wisdom. Righteousness is wisdom walked out. Righteousness is wisdom that is worked out in the application of life. It says the mouth of the righteous utters wisdom. In, this, in his tongue speaks justice. The law of his God is in his heart. He, his steps do not slip. In the beginning of verse 30, we see the mouth of the righteous utters wisdom. The conversation, and his tongue speaks justice. The conversation of those who have been made right by God is in wisdom and in justice. But if I was to ask you, what is wisdom? What is wisdom? In the Old Testament, wisdom was shown forth as the divine revelation of God. It was also shown forth as that which we should live by. It is shown forth in the divine revelation of God and His promises towards His covenant people. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom. Is this you? Do you on a daily, hourly, minutely, whenever you have the opportunity, are we always speaking in grace? Are we always pointing someone towards the righteousness of God? Are we always, in all that we do, pointing someone to truth? Is our conversation consumed with the revelation of God's Word? From the beginning to the end, from Genesis 3, when God set forth that He would bring forth His promises through the seed of a woman, and by that woman bruised the head of the serpent, and then we see that, that glorious view of the gospel of Jesus Christ worked out through Abraham. That through the seed, through doubt, through a woman who had a barren womb, we see that God would bring it forth. That God would bring forth the promises that he gave to Abraham. It looked absolutely destitute and hopeless, but God breathed upon her bosom and brought forth a child. That through him, all nations would be blessed. Did Abraham see the promises fulfilled? saw a glimpse. He got to walk the edge. But God didn't. He said all nations through him. 
every single one would be blessed through the promised seed. That is true wisdom. The wisdom is found in Jesus Christ. The wisdom by which we must daily, hourly commit ourselves to in gaining and searching and going after is the wisdom of God in Christ. Does our minds utter those things, though? Truthfully, folks, it says this is the righteous. Can that personify you? We speak of folly and foolishness. Moms, before your daughters, before your children, do you speak forth wisdom? Do they see that you are resting in Christ? Do they see that you're doing the divine will of God? That you're raising up a holy nation unto God? The mouth of the righteous does not utter folly, but utters wisdom. The way of the wicked is folly. Do you speak forth Christ? Do they know that your hope is in God? Do they know you're clinging to the Lord? Do they hear you cry, moms? Does your children hear you cry? It says those who are wise mourn in the Proverbs are great mourners. Is that you? Why does it say the wise mourn? Why does it say the Jeremiah prophet, we all know the truth, that he wept? Why do we read of George Whitfield that he was a man that wept over the souls of men as he preached? It's good to know history. It's good to know truth. But are we doing it? Why do we weep? Because we see that God's law is transgressed. We see the wicked going headlong into hell. We see our own selves before the law of God. And we should weep. When's the last time, brothers and sisters, that we've wept over the law of God being broke? When's the last time, brother, that you have meditated on the law of God? Just went to the ten words and meditated on each one. Seriously. We know the psalm. We know Psalm 1. That we meditate on the law of God day and night. We know it. When's the last? Has anyone done it? I can tell you truth. Yesterday was the first day that I sat down and meditated on the law of God for a period of time. The whole thing. Ten statutes. Went through it, thought upon it. But before then, I don't know of a day in my life I've done it. And it says that's what the righteous do. So we see our transgression. So we're not proud. So we're humble. So we're meek. So we're patient with others. So we bear all the fruits of the Spirit. Oh, we know so much. 
we do so little. It says the law of his God, personal, is in his heart, affections, love. It's no longer a law that's just known because God has made us, but it's a love for the abiding in the commandments of God. It says the law of his God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. What a promise. When the law of our God is on our hearts, we shall not slip. Rest assured, if you're thinking on Christ, you will not slip. You will be conformed to his image automatically. We say and we pray for sanctification. You be sanctified by your thoughts upon Christ and upon all that which is good, pure, and lovely. It says in verse 34, wait for the Lord and keep his way. And he will exalt you to inherit the land you will look on when the wicked are cut off. In this we see the doctrine that the just will judge the wicked. We do not think of this much, but we will be with him. It says in, in Daniel 7, verse 22, as I looked, this horn made, no, verse 22, until the ancient of days came, and judgment was given for the saints of the Most High. And the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. And it says right here, you will look on when they are cut off. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, do you not know that you will judge the world? And not only that, but you will judge the angels. This is not hope. This is going to happen. We will look on. He will vindicate, God will vindicate himself for all people that he has made his people right by his own blood of his son. And then we will see men for who they were. And we will say with him, cast them out. They will be cut off. And we will shout to the praise of his glory that they were cut off. It's hard truth, but it's truth. It's truth. If the kids were older, I would admonish and exhort them but I will go on. Wait for the Lord. Though providence looks like the promises of God are failing, brothers and sisters, 
Look into the word. When the providence of God looks like the promises of God have failed, they haven't. Think about all the times in the Bible that God in the destitution of men brought forth his promise. Think about the times when women and men were absolutely hopeless and cried out to God and he provided salvation. Wait for the Lord. Keep his way. And he will exalt you to inherit the land. It's not in man's wisdom to make a man wait that had a promise a hundred years before he has his child that God would bring forth his promises through. It's not in man's wisdom to put Joseph in Egypt to preserve a people unto God. It's not in man's wisdom for Jesus Christ, our beloved Savior, to be alive 30 years and not show himself to Israel. It's not in man's wisdom to put Paul in a desert for three years before he showed that he knew the gospel of God and he turned the world over. We are little and we are small, but now. But God has a plan for us that's beyond today. Wait for the Lord. Keep his way. And he will exalt you to inherit the promises of God. That men and women will be brought to understanding and knowledge of the truth. And there will be salvation brought forth. Is not Christ worthy? Yes. He will manifest what he's done in darkness and light. Let's move on. Mark the blameless. Verse 37. Behold the upright. For there is a future for the man of peace. In here we see the doctrine of imitation of... Those that are walking in Christ. Paul admonished the church at Corinth, follow me as I follow Christ. Second Timothy 4, 7 and 8, he said to him, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. The Lord has been faithful. Follow me. And in Hebrews 13, verse 7, It says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Imitate men as long as they imitate Christ. Mark them. Look upon them. Watch them. Behold the upright, for there is future for the man of peace. In the book of James, he talks about the man of peace. Not given to earthly wisdom. Not given to sensual, devilish wisdom. But to heavenly wisdom. 
My friend, the word says in 1 John, if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. Check and see where does your love reside. But he says, he calls us all to mark the blameless and behold the upright for their way, for their there's a future for the man of peace. Let's move along. Verse 39 to 40. This is a doctrine we all love. This is a doctrine that we stand upon. This is a doctrine that gives us hope. This is a doctrine that shows forth God for who he is in salvation. This is the doctrine of God being sovereign in grace. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their stronghold in the time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. In the beginning of this, we see the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. It's not of him that wills, nor of him that runs, but of God that showeth mercy. It is not of him that wills, nor of him that runs, but of God that showeth mercy. Salvation is of the free, sovereign grace of God. And David saw it for himself. He knew God for himself. He knew himself as an unclean thing. But he knew his eyes were fastened upon the Lord, and he was his. The salvation of the righteous is from God for his people. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. As in Romans 8 says, verse 29, verse 28, we must start. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn of many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. We see in verse 29 of that chapter, those he predestined, them he also conformed unto his image. We see sanctification before justification. We see sanctification before a person is effectually called by God. That means we were brought into fellowship and communion with God for us to be conformed to the image of His Son. God had that eternal purpose in mind before He ever effectually called us and brought it forth in time. That He would have a people that were holy and undefiled and walking in the law of God. He brought it forth. He predestined, but predetermined for the foundation of the earth. He not only predetermined, but he brought it forth in time. He, in the day of his power, he made us willing. There is nothing to glory in in the gospel of grace, but all glory belongs to him in whom all fullness dwells. That he might be the firstborn of many, among many brothers. 
that we are sought for, or shown forth in him. It talks about in Hebrews 2 that he, I and the brothers that are with me, my brothers that are with me, us being in Christ, all things are given unto us in him. And those whom he predestined, he also effectually brought it forth. And those whom he justified, those he, whom he justified, he also glorified. Hallelujah. Yeah. We shall be glorified with him. When he comes, we will go up with him and we will inherit the land. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their stronghold in the time of trouble. How do you know that you are in Christ? The psalmist here says, he is their stronghold in the time of trouble now. We see salvation in these verses as past tense, saved, present tense, saving, and future tense, will be saved. We see God as the all-sufficient Savior. We see Him marking out our steps throughout this psalm. We've seen God marking out the steps of the righteous, that they will walk in His ways. He is a stronghold now in your time of trouble. Yeah. <clears throat> the Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in Him. We see continuation, perseverance until the end because they continually take refuge in Him. I just want to go through a couple doctrines and we'll get to praying. We see in the verse Verse 30, the conversation of the righteous. We see the meditation of the righteous in verse 31 on the law. We see the continuation of those that are made right by God in 31. We see the eternal hope of the righteous in verse 33. We see the eternal hope of the righteous in 34. We see the imitation of Christ in verse 37. We see that salvation of God is all of grace in verse 39 and 40. Let's go back to 29 if you didn't notice that I skipped it. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. My friend, that is the promises that are given us in Christ. That all things are given unto us in heavenly places in Christ. We will inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. We will be in Emmanuel's land and that is going to be forever with him. Our hope, our eternal blessedness is before us. But the good thing is, eternal life is now. To know him and know the son whom he sent. All that the scripture points to is Christ. The, crystal, the Christology and the covenantalism and everything that we've learned here lately points all through it to the fullness of Christ, yeah. that he is the wisdom of God Amen. and he is the power of God right. unto salvation. Right. Let the word of God apply to us richly. Let us pray. We invite all men to pray that are members at Covenant Bible Church. And... Um,
Let us pray and uh, petition God that the word go forth in this upcoming hour and that uh, we are conformed into the image of Christ.